Welcome to San Diego Magazine's Happy Half Hour. This is our fun food and drink filled podcast filled with patios and ramen noodles. Because <laughs> those are the only things that Troy is writing about and the only things that we're writing about on the magazine. <laughs> Look, man, it's an epic quest for the best ramen. I mean, I grew up I, on that stuff, man. I mean, I grew up on the false imitation. It's not even false imitation. I will tell you this. The man that dehydrated um, ramen noodles, um, Ando was his name, a legend in Japan, basically helped me not die until I was like 15. I would come home and I would eat like seven days worth of sodium because I poured two packets in, into like one bowl, you know, and it was so much better than like a bologna sandwich. I felt like I was international. I felt like I was cultured, even though it was like really not. It was like basic, basic like beret in Paris kind of culture, you know, but still I felt like I was like, look, I'm in ranch pinskitas, but I'm kind of in Japan, you know, and so now I'm looking for the better version of ramen. It's going to take me a long time, David, and we're going to talk about ramen for the next two, two and a half years how many places in the last two weeks have you gone to do you think I, well i haven't gone to that many places yet it could be because i had to take a four-day get getaway with the wife because she's just to remind her who i am and and you know and just make sure that this this marriage is is still sound um so i did take four days off one of santa barbara uh, but i've gone to i believe nine places so far we're gonna do 15 total wow awesome a lot of noodles that one there is those voices of marie tucko and troy johnson Thank you guys, as always, every week for being here. We have a wonderful, awesome, special guest this week. We have Sandy Vong, very well known for such places as Shanghai Saloon and Dumpling Inn. Thank you for joining us. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. She's got a fish called Fat Ass right behind her. Um, you guys can't see this. She's on uh, a Zoom call with us and asked her the name. It's Orangey, I believe, and there's Fat Ass. Okay. Yep. That's good. <laughs> Well, maybe the best fish names I think I've ever heard. <laughs> so, Very original. <laughs> yes. So if you haven't listened to our podcast before, what we're going to do is we're going to start you off with a little segment called Hot Plates, where we're going to go over some of the news and notes of the San Diego dining scene. Uh, just to let you know, every week, Marie also puts up a blog post to all of these things that you can link to. And so don't feel like you need to take notes or anything. Just enjoy. And then uh, we're going to spend a whole whole bunch of time talking with Sandy. And then as always, we end with our segment, two people, 50 bucks. Where are we going for takeout or patio or whatever? But so let's start off with Burger Lounge going vegan. Yeah. In case you missed it, they're going uh, vegan at their Hillcrest location. Kind of turned the restaurant into the, like an innovation lab and they are using plant-based proteins from a company called Sweet Earth. So they do have uh, vegan burgers on top of their regular grass-fed burgers. They also have uh, a vegan cheddar. And if you also want to get a dairy-free uh, milkshake, they do have those uh, in strawberry and vanilla made from cashew. Now, see, I personally love this because as a meat company, you have to think about your ethics at these, this point in time. You know, like, I, look, we are all, not all still carnivores, but a major, overwhelming majority of Americans still are carnivores. I believe that the vegetarian um, percentage is now up to 4.5, anywhere between 4.5 and 6, um, uh, depending on where which study you, you cite, was 3. It's, it's rising a little bit, but most of us are carnivores. You know, but as somebody, a company that, you know, makes a lot of burgers, that sells a lot of beef, you know, to explore that plant-based alternative and really go vegan for a month, kudos to them. You know I mean? Just... It, it, if anything, it's showing a real time, you know, analysis of their basic business model. It's like, all right, well, you know, I realize that we serve a lot of, you know, beef, but we can also explore plant based alternatives because that is probably the better thing for the planet down the road. If we were all vegetarian, this world would be a lot better place, but it would also suck a lot more. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's 
I think it's a real, um, it's a really good effort by these guys. I mean, it's a local burger chain that actually has tried to do a lot of good along the way. And I think this is one of the, one of the examples of that. I wonder how ethically they are as far as cooking services in the kitchen as they're doing the vegan base. Will they have a part of the um, flat top that they are only using for beef? Will they have a part that they're only using for vegan items? That goes with the same with like fry laters that are being cooked with like mm-hmm. things with chicken in them. Right. That's a good point. I don't, I, we don't know. That is to be TBD. Um, what are your thoughts, that, Andy? I figured you were Come supposed on. to know everything. <laughs> I think it's actually a great idea. And with COVID, there was a while, I think about a three month long period where our supply chains for meat was pretty tough to get. I don't know why. I think there was a big factory that got shut down and, you know, there was a meat shortage. So I think it all comes kind of like perfect storm for them to kind of have a experimental kind of um, space that they can try and explore these things. And right now, I think it's kind of a good time to, to do that. So. Yeah, especially with the meat shortage, you're right. I mean, there was a lot, there was a few of the major meat packing houses that had had a shutdown. And I know that I talked to a few of my friends who were in the meat supply industry. They said, you know, we're, we're getting really high on cost here because there's shortage is, is, yeah. is real. Yeah. So right. we have a lot of great news when it comes to breweries in San Diego. We just had the uh, international beer competition and San Diego won a whole heck of a lot of medals. They did. So dozen of dozens of local brewers uh, won an award this year. And this year, the ceremony was done uh, completely virtually on Zoom. And um, from reading this on San Diego Beer News, normally um, they announce all the winners except for Best in Show, but they don't say what category uh, you won. But this year, they kept it all secret. So uh, none of the 75 winners uh, knew that they won something until the day of. And Ruler Brewing from Carlsbad, they won Best in Show this year for their domestic blonde ale. Now, David, here's where I turn turn to David. I sh- I don't shut up on this show, but this is not my area of expertise. Neither David, is it mine. <laughs> David is the beer expert. Come on, David. What do you know about Ruler? What's going on? David just, I mean, he wakes up in the morning and he, he just, he like, throws some hops in his mouth. Like, that's his granola. <laughs> full of hop, you know? Delicious. with IPA. so uh i can tell you that ruler is it's a great brewery it's also a great space out there um definitely worth checking out this one beer in particular i have not had but i've had a lot of other things from them and it's all really good also uh there's just some other really great breweries that like one things from san diego one that i think is definitely worth pointing out is one that we partnered with so uh epic Epic Brewing, who we did best of san diego beer one for their uh special lager which is um absolutely phenomenal phenomenal lager like great for a summer day or uh neck beard season because it's still 90 degrees here as troy would say in his ramen <laughs> okay well next stubble season all right next double, not, we're not quite to neck beard season we're just more to like neck five o'clock chat okay <laughs> but so yeah either way a lot of really great breweries won and uh i'm so happy to see them take such a dominant dominant stance san diego is the absolute beer cap is this still david i mean or is this just hubris because i'm born and raised in san diego i mean i know that all the craft beer scenes across the united states and the world are starting to explode but it, it seems to me that we are still the craft beer capital of the united states you know and i that's all about who you ask and whatnot some would say vermont is the craft capital of the united states too because of that's capital. bullshit because you're from and, vermont and this is you just sticking up your hometown <laughs> i know this no this is, and then, this is 
uh-uh, I'm calling Balderdash <laughs> on this. Well, and then you also would hear things like, you know, like you have like Colorado or like Portland and those places have a lot. But I personally still would like to think of San Diego as the craft beer capital of the U.S. Okay, so maybe it's a little bit of wishful thinking, but it's a fantastic scene. Yep. Okay, cool. Yep, definitely. Why do we always have to name the best? What is this need within us to like prioritize one over the other as I'm about ready to release the best of San Diego? <laughs> like that's kind of our signature move, Troy. <laughs> Marie is like like going over this issue with fine tooth comb right now. It's driving her nuts. I've never seen her so stressed. She has to put this thing out and here I am like, why do we have to do this? She's like, I don't know. You're not doing it, Troy. I am. <laughs> All right. And so some fun little lighthearted national news. Tell us all about what's going on with Halloween candies in every state. So um, a recent map came out that shows uh, which Halloween candy is the most popular in each state. The map was created by uh, Zipia. I think that's a job recruiting site. So it's interesting that they're uh, researching Halloween candy, but they used uh, Google Trends to get their data. So the most popular candy in California is the Crunch Bar. And our neighbors in Oregon and Arizona picked Reese's Pieces and Mr. Good Bar. Um, I wrote here in the notes that uh, Vermont has the wrong answer. <laughs> um, Tootsie Pop. And Florida picked Airheads for their favorite candy. Tootsie Pop is absolute crap. What is Vermont doing? Oh, my God. Honestly, I mean, those all seemed like the wrong picks. <laughs> Every state picked wrong. I mean, not one state was like full length Snickers. Like, what the hell? I mean, exactly. Three Musketeers. Okay, so all right, well, all right, well, let, let's go around. Sandy, favorite Halloween candy. I'm going to have to go the peanut butter cup, Reese's peanut butter cups. Oh, she's a Portland girl. Look at you. All right. You mean Reese's pieces. It has to be the cups. Yeah. 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 Hey, here's an interesting story about Reese's pieces and I'll make this quick, but it has to do with food trip. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and I, right when the, some movie came out, they offered the contract. They were like, Hey, do you want to be in our movie and we'll feature M&Ms? You know, they went to the owners of M&Ms and said, hey, do you want to be in our movie? And M&M said, no, it's not really going to you know, be for us. It's not going to be a big thing. And instead, because M&M said no, they went to Reese's Pieces. What movie am I talking about? E.T. E.T. Oh. E.T. If you remember E.T., I mean, you guys might all be way too young, but E.T. was made Reese's Pieces. Like, I mean, it wouldn't even be a candy because it sucks. It wouldn't even be a candy, <laughs> you know? Um, if it wasn't for E.T., it made them millions and millions and millions of dollars and M&M's originally turned them down. So anyways, that's crazy. Okay, all right. Marie, what's yours? Um, I'd have to say it's a tie between Skittles or Kit Kat. Ooh, Skittles is a good but I'll take both, yeah. I have a soft spot in my heart for Skittles. You know, it's just, I mean, it's like everything. It's sour. It's way too sweet. It's like that, like, that really sugar-addicted Costco kid in you. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, that, that's it. Um, Kayla, get off of mute. I'm going to ask our intern to come in. Kayla, what's your favorite Halloween candy? <laughs> I was going to do that, Troy. You beat me to it. <laughs> um, I think it, I got to go with Butterfingers. That's my favorite one. Oh, but Every you're a weird it. person. You're a very weird person. Who doesn't like fingers? They taste like butter. They taste <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. That's the point. But like old butter that's like, you know, it's just crumbling. You know when like, your, 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 your metal lawn chair rusts out and it just starts flaking off? That's what butter fingers texture is. 
Oh. Sandy, a favorite of yours? <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, Kayla. Like that's the last time you chime in. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm gonna go to bat for Kayla, and I'm also a Butterfinger fan. It's the best. I love wow. it. Like I got addicted to him when our old marketing director would just have a bucket of them in the office. I'd go to town, eat them, and then it's like after you eat it, you just enjoy it for the next half hour because you're just picking it out of your teeth for like the rest of the day. <laughs> all those, yeah, all those crumbles. I, 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 I don't get the appeal. <laughs> oh, it's so good. <laughs> you guys, I'm off this show. That's it. Butterfinger crowd. I, my mom told me not to get into the wrong crowd, and this is definitely it. <laughs> Well, that was hot plates for you all, and also a little <laughs> segment of two people, fifty candy bars. Wait a minute, I didn't get my favorite one. Oh, oh you no, don't try it. What's, Troy, what's what yours? It? Okay, wait, wait, wait. Okay, so this one, I, I'm going to choose this one because I actually did have like late blooming love for this because it was so. It was the dog on the side of the street that's been abandoned for years and it's just like barely surviving, you know, and it's that scrappy one. You're like, Oh my God, I have so much love for that dog. It's cute in a mangled way. You know, like it is that strawberry one that comes in this strawberry wrapper. It's a hard on the outside. It's Ooh. got like chewy strawberry on the inside. It has a strawberry print on the wrapper. Yes. The yeah. strawberry print on the wrapper. Really? Wow. I, mean, I hated that candy. I was like, who would give me this? Like, I mean, I really, like, I, I would egg people's houses for like giving me that candy. Candy on Halloween. I'm like, this is not nice, you know. And then, like late, like I don't think my daughter got one, and I ate it. I'm like, actually, this is mad. <laughs> I love it. It's a beautiful candy, totally underrated. Does not get any respect. It's amazing. All right, sorry. Okay, go ahead. That's like the candy that you find in like grandma's candy bowl that's like 45 years old because no one would eat it. Yes, yes, and we were all wrong. We were all wrong. All right. Well, once again, that was hot plates and two people candy bars for 50, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Marie's going to link to all of these things, maybe even to the candy, who knows, on a blog post at sandiegomagazine.com, which will go up on Thursday. Also, we want to hear from you. We want to know what your favorite candy bars are and what you have for questions for Troy and want to, for takeout. Give us a call at 619-744-0535 and leave us a voicemail. Or if you'd like, you can also email us at happyhalfhour at sdmag.com. While she's been with us this whole time, Sandy Vong from Dumpling Inn joins us. and She also owns Shanghai Saloon. Dumpling Inn is on Convoy and was one of the first restaurants in San Diego to offer Chalong Bao. Sandy's family also owns Min Key in City Heights, a beloved, beloved Chinese restaurant. After graduating from UC Irvine, Sandy returned back to her hometown of San Diego in 2015 to co-own Dumpling Inn's current location, which moved to right next door from the original to the new address and bigger place. They've been there ever since and just opened up for dining. Yeah, they're, they're like the Jeffersons moved on up. They started in that little place. So I, I had the first time I ever tasted um, jellyfish, okay. um, the jellyfish salad. You're like, oh God, it's, it's, it's kind of weird and cool and amazing and you know, it's crunchy. You know, kind of reminds me of that seaweed salad. And then you guys moved into that big, beautiful marquee place, which you deserve because they've been around for so long. Um, how has it been? How, what's going on? I mean, obviously, um, the world's falling apart and you're right in the middle of it. Uh, how's life? Um, you know, it's been interesting. It, we, it's a different trend now. We are very weather dependent. Mm -hmm. Luckily, we're in San Diego. It's, you know, San Diegans like to be outside and enjoy the, you know, outdoor air, which is really awesome. 
But on the hotter days, we definitely am seeing a trend, you know, going down. But it's okay because we now are offering 25% uh, seating capacity indoors, still socially distanced, still, um, we still have all our barriers up. So we're still being really strict about our rules. Um, it's still kind of a weird space because not everyone in terms of the restaurant world is being as strict, but I rather side on caution and just keep, you know, all my staff, my team and our customers safe. So that's what we're doing. Let's talk about the good. We've talked in the past and you said one of the hard things was because you're a really nice person and you don't like to, you know, confront your guests, but you are, you're put in that position as a restaurateur with all of the guidelines to say, sir, sir, as you're getting up to the restroom, please put on your mask. You have to kind of police them a little bit. And how is, is that just awkward? Is, are you okay with it now? Um, it's still awkward. <laughs> I get, you know, if I get cussed out once a day, it's a good day, you know, <laughs> anything more than that, it's a little bit rough. Um, but you know, considering it, you know, we get maybe one grumpy cat a day, which yeah. is less than, you know, half a percent. So, you know, it is what it is. And you take it in stride, you still try to thank them with kindness and still give them good service, whatever you can do. But People just aren't really built for, you know, having things on their face all day long. But crazy thing is we're wearing it, you know, for eight hours, if not more a day. And yep. we ask our customers just to put it on when they walk in. So, <laughs> yeah, I, that's really it. I mean, that's what people yeah. have to keep into perspective. It's literally a minute, maybe 15 seconds from you're getting to your table. Once you sit down, your the mask is off, you know, yeah. and people are still struggling with it. The two questions with that, now that you've been in it for a while doing socially distance, and I know you guys took it seriously, you went down and you got the PVC pipes and you got, you got some partitions and everything else. Uh, what, how is your staff dealing with like wearing a mask eight hours a day? Are they like, have they hit a groove and how are customers? Have they gotten better? Cause I know in the beginning people were really reticent and they were like, oh, you know, this is a, my American right. I can't believe you're making me do this, you know, and not everyone, obviously, of course, but I mean, have the customers gotten better and how's your staff coping with it? My staff are doing phenomenal. They're so happy to be back and giving them some sense of normality of what, you know, the future is going to hold and, you know, what they're going to be coming back to. So everyone's really stoked to be back working, seeing the team. Um, they don't mind the mask at all. They're pretty cool with it. You know, nice. um, it, I struggled with the mask just because I was wearing it for, you know, double shifts and just having rashes on my chin because I talk a lot. So they just chafe on your chin. You get, you know, that's not cute. But anyways, <laughs> um, customers are definitely getting more used to it. Everyone's, you know, again, most customers are really appreciative of the levels and extent that we've gone to, to keep everyone safe. Um, it is weird trying to take everyone's name down and phone number down when they dine inside. Um, but those that once we explain why we're doing it, they're really appreciative and they're like, oh, wait, that's actually really smart. That makes sense. Okay. Uh, uh, but again, you know, you get one a day. That's fine. Okay. Well, well, that's good. I mean, there's a the good part. You're doing well. Your staff is doing well. How is it as a restaurateur, though? I know that you're going the extra mile to make sure that your customers and your staff and everybody's safe. And you're even going with the face rashes. You know, I mean, that, that, that's got to be hard on you. You know, but I mean, what? how does it? Doesn't it suck to see a restaurant that is not doing it right? That is not, you, you know, they're not doing it right. And that that runs a risk of getting a community outbreak, which then it, after so many shuts down restaurants again. I mean, how infuriating is that as an owner? Or are you just, are you zen about it all? 
Oh, it, um, it definitely gets under my skin. Yeah. <laughs> I get customers. Oh, you're the only place doing that. Well, I don't know what to tell you. I care about your safety a little bit more than others. I don't right. know. Like, <laughs> yeah. So it, it's a struggle because everyone has different levels that they're doing. I mean, I just went to a restaurant last night um, to celebrate a birthday. And let me tell you, those tables were not six feet apart. We're lucky if those tables were two and a half feet apart. We were packed in there. Yes, we were outdoors, but just the distance between other people was very interesting. And some of the staff weren't wearing masks and it's just like, you know, <laughs> I'm yeah. not sure if I want to be here, you know, but um, yeah, so it, it is different going out and seeing people not really following the rules the best that they should, but it is what it is. And I mean, I got to do what I got to do. So <laughs> yeah, I, I always, I, I kind of think of it as like a high school party. When we were in high school, we would drive around and it'd be a line of like 25 cars going to these non-existent parties. Like somebody thought that the guy, the car in front actually knew where a high school party was. And then they would just eventually pull over to the side of the road. And they'd be like, guys, stop following me. I have no idea where a party is. Okay, please leave me alone. <laughs> but we would go to these parties and you'd see like one house and you kind of look at it. And you'd say, oh, that looks really small. I'm a little bit intimidated. I'm not going to go in or it looks too big. That's kind of how I'm doing restaurants now is I'm, I'm driving by, I'm looking and going, no way. I see three feet in between almost everybody not going in, you know, or I see six and I feel good. You know? yeah. yeah. I mean, I definitely would love to slam more tables, even, you know, outside. I'm still doing this six feet social distance thing, but it, but it just doesn't make sense to, you know, if I have to shut down again because everyone's getting sick, that, you know, that's worse for a business. So I'd rather just keep, you know, the distance and the less tables and less customers, you know, we're even, you know, really pushing, if you have a big group, you're sitting outside at risk having big groups inside. I'm sorry, you know, so. Right, now question for you, I mean, Convoy, I mean, where, I mean that's where Dumpling in Shanghai Saloon is, you know, the, the parking is tough. Yeah. You know, and your parking has always been tough in, in Convoy. I mean, the, the, the some best Asian food in, in that San Diego has to offer, you know, but the, the, the parking's always been tough. So you, it can't really take over that whole parking lot either. Like a lot of other restaurants around town that had more ample parking and parking structures and everything else, you know, could do. They could take the whole parking lot, do a ton of outdoor seating. That's probably a little bit more of a, con or a struggle for you guys, right? Yeah, we're very lucky that the convoy has recently put in a lot more of street parking. They went instead of okay. parallel parking, they went diagonal. So that squeezed in a lot more cars. Nice. Yeah, right now, even with our outdoor, our outdoor seating, we're taking at least 20 parking spaces in a lot, which makes it tight. Um, but with the addition of the street parking, we still have the parking structure on the side. Um, it, we haven't seen a huge, you know, uh, issue with the park that's issue. that's great to hear convoy need to do something i'm glad that is the diagonal spots yeah the, what about you guys you and your your father i mean you guys started with min key correct yes okay we've owned but, min key for oh geez 18 years now okay yeah and why is it so good come on tell me tell me tell me the secret to the sauce i mean is it just because <laughs> your family's recipes are that, that good i mean it's one of the most beloved restaurants in san diego like what what makes it great it definitely is um, the recipes, which my dad still doesn't have anything written down. You know, it's one ladle <laughs> this, two ladle that, you know, I, I don't know what ladle you're using. There's no measuring cups in that restaurant. Um, <laughs> but also we pride ourselves in very fresh ingredients. You know, we try to do what high-end restaurants are doing, but we bring it on a 
in turn, we bring it into like a family atmosphere. So we're charging fair prices. Um, we take a little bit of loss on the, you know, food margins, but whatever. We rather, you know, serve customers that may not always get to go out every night. You know, customers yeah. out once a once a week is, you know, their date night and that's all they can really afford. And those are the customers that we want to really focus on. So. And then what about, how did you guys come in into, uh, I mean, obviously being owner of, of Dumping In. I mean, Dumping In was a classic for a long time. First place to have Shalom Bao. Shalom Bao are the beautiful silky soup purses that, you know, now everybody loves and mm. is trending on Instagram. But before they were, you know, Dumping In was doing them. Um, how did you guys take it over? Why did you take it over? I mean, why, why did you guys think it was a good idea? Uh, peer pressure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my dad's owned restaurants in San Diego for a long time. You know, he was the executive chef for Panda Inn in Horton Plaza before he started owning his own restaurants. Um, so after he left them, started owning his own restaurants. And one day um, back in 2016, he gave me a call and was like, hey, I got this great opportunity. Do you want in on it? And I said, uh, you know, I'm kind of liking my, you know, nine to five. It's cool. Mm -hmm. You know, I clock in, clock out. Um, being your own owner is a very different animal. So, um, you know, I kind of hesitated for a little bit, but. Did you I negotiate with your dad? Did you, or did you, you're like, well, I don't know. How sweet's a pot, man? What are you talking about? <laughs> um, no, I actually, what sold me on it was I met the original owners of Dumpling Inn, Mark Sun. He had such a beautiful vision for what he wanted Dumpling Inn to be. They only moved, they were in the, the big space for a, a year and a half before um, they really found a new buyer. And they actually were trying to sell it for a long time. Uh, they found a buyer, but they were going to convert the space into this Chinese buffet situation. Mm. And honestly, Convoy isn't really a Chinese food buffet kind of, you know, environment. Yep. So I met Mark, just had an instant click. His vision was kind of like my vision of, you know, what if I ever was to own a restaurant, what it would be. Um, so I decided, yeah, you know, I'm going to help live out his his goals. Granted, he's going to retire and doing his own thing and gallivant around in his RV. I'm going to, you know, take over and just keep running with it. So his whole thing was to really have kind of a space where all generations can come together and find something for everyone. You know, so you got your less traditional orange chicken dishes for the younger crowd. And then for grandma and you got the mapo tofu, you know, so mm -hmm. that's kind of what we really uh, thought was amazing about the place. Now, four years later or three or four, three or four years later, um, you know, let's take COVID out of it. Take COVID out of it. Was it a good decision? Were you happy to be a restaurant owner? You had a nine to five. And, you, and when you say peer pressure, now I understand it to be dad pressure. But, um, you know, I do, are, are you, do you love the industry? I mean, what, what makes you go to work? Every day is different. And I mean, I've met so many amazing people, people that I definitely feel are now like part of my family. You know, my not only is my crew at the restaurant, my extended family, I truly believe, you know, when I say owning a restaurant is just about my family, it's not. It's about my staff and their families, you know. So um, I really think it's been an amazing change for me. You know, I've taken on a lot of responsibility and a lot of um, ownership of everything that happens under that little roof of mine, you know, so. Yeah. That little roof, that is one of the biggest <laughs> restaurants on Convoy. Uh, that is, it is a beast. And, and, and how are you guys, I mean, 
are you okay? Um, I, I, it's, a t- it's a difficult question to, to even ask right now because, um, you know. Yes, we're okay. We okay. were very, very smart in the opening of the restaurant to begin with when we took over. Um, I really always focused on, you know, squirreling a little bit something for a rainy day. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, it's looking like a rainy year with COVID. Yeah, you know? right. so, uh, but we, you know, we were very smart. Um, we're okay. We didn't get a lot of government funding or you know loans and grants. We didn't, unfortunately, qualify for a lot of that. So that's been mm. a little bit of like, ah, okay. Um, and our landlord really didn't help us a whole lot at all. Um, right. And that is definitely our biggest nut. I mean, I have about almost 7,000 square feet of space. Yeah. Um, and for a while, we were just using, you know, 200 square feet of it to do to-go's. Um, but I was still paying the triple net and the full rent and I get it. They have their bills to pay too, but, um, right. that was the biggest struggle every month seeing that rent bill come through and we're talking, you know, yeah. Five years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Now, a quick question. And if I, you can always tell me to bug off when I'm asking too much um, information, but why don't you get the PPP? Why? I, I, I understood everybody got a chance to get that. I mean, what happened with yours? I don't really know, honestly. Okay. Um, I got a little bit of the PPP. From okay. my understanding, most people got, let's say you have a staff of, you know, 30 people, they got almost 90 grand. Mm-hmm. I have a staff of 47 employees and I got $30,000. Oh. Um, so, I mean, that got me through a little bit and I was able to pay my employees for that month and that, that worked out great, you know, helped me with rent and all that, but it definitely, definitely didn't tie me over for, you know, three months or, or whatever, you know, it should have been, but it is is. one of those, you can't reapply, you can't edit it, you can't go back and fix it. So, um, I was one of, I think pretty early on one of the first people to apply for it. So I don't know if they were just more conservative in the money with the money in the beginning, because they weren't sure how much they were going to have to dish out. Yep. Um, so maybe that's it. Who knows? It is what it is, you know? Yeah. Uh, tell me, let's go, let's go into the menu of, uh, of dumpling. And what is it? I mean, is it a shallow bow? So people just come in there and just order them nonstop. Is that like your, <laughs> I mean, is that like your, you know, um, quarter pounder? Is that your, I mean, what, what is, what is it? Our dumplings are definitely our bread and butter. Um, okay. The shallow bow and the pot stickers. Honestly, I like crispy in texture, so I go for the pot stickers. But um, mm-hmm. shallow bow is what made our name and what's been our staple since 1996. So, and you put black stickers. vinegar as a, as a, a dipping sauce. Black vinegar, right? Yep. We got the black vinegar group, or we got the white um, white rice wine vinegar group. So depends. Okay. And then what, what is the good things that come out of this? I mean, you know, we, we talked about this a little bit in the past and I imagine your perspective has changed, you know, since then, like, you know, what do you think is good that's going to come out of this whole COVID mess? And I can't imagine much, uh, the, we know that the bad outweighs the good by a few tons, you know, but what, what do you see in the sunshine? I hope people in terms of, uh, I hope customers appreciate when this all is over the whole dining in experience, you know, and the whole service level of, you know, what they get when they dine in. Um, I just hope people really understand like, hey, this this is good, this is great, this is amazing, you know, and, and that um, they don't wanna go back to just, you know, seating, eating takeout on their couch, you know, that's great, but you know, that they appreciate that this is a special moment, you know. One of my family's mottos is that we, 
it's from our family to yours. So when you're dining with us, we believe everything we're doing, it's from our hearts, our family to yours. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's, I, about, I, sorry, go ahead. Speaking about takeout, how much are you guys doing as far as takeout goes? And are you using any of the third party kind of uh, apps that are out there? Oh, that don't get me started on third party people? apps. <laughs> well, we, we here. <laughs> Um, yes, we are partnered with one third-party group. Um, we are currently using Postmates. Um, the reason for that is because third parties do take a huge chunk mm-hmm. of sales. And because our food food margins are so low to begin with, we unfortunately can't afford a, a lot of that loss. Honestly, with our third-party group, we really just break even. We're not making money. We're not losing money. You know, it's just really just to provide a service to our customers. Um, to goes are doing great. I wish more people would consider doing, uh, you know, calling in an order versus you know, using a third party just because it does take away from the business. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, you know, great uh, side parking for people doing takeout and stuff, but we're, we're doing good with to goes. It's not bad. I wish it was better, but it is what it is, you know. Nice. And that's, I mean, this goes out to, we've said this before in the past, but I guess I think it's been a little while. We haven't mentioned this. So please, anybody who's ordering from a local restaurant, do not use a third-party app. Go directly through the restaurant because, again, they do take up to 30% of a profit margin. And then like, like we're hearing, I mean, every restaurant is saying the same thing. We basically make zero money. It's almost, it is just a service for the customers. And it's not that hard to pick up the phone and say, you know what, I'll have this, you know, um, you know, take it to go someplace. So you're not doing delivery on your own, are you? We are not, no. Okay, so get in your car. You want to get a nice drive anyways. You've been sitting on your couch, staring at the same people, the same wall, the same couch, the same table, the same dog. You know, go pick it up. You know, I mean, just get outside and look at the world for a second and get yourself some dumplings. I was actually curious about how you set up uh, your contact tracing. And have you seen other restaurants do that? So if I go in to dine at Dumpling Inn, I have to give you my name and phone number. Or can you tell us how that works? Correct. So right now in San Diego, if you dine inside anywhere, you have to give your full name and your phone number. Um, That's the reason for that is, you know, should a event happen at our business, then we are able to track down specifically to the day um, and who was there. And then we can reach out to you and say, hey, you've been exposed. Right. Mm -hmm. So the way we do it, we're pretty old school. We do it um, pen and paper. Uh, I track it by lunch and dinner service. And then we are the ones that write down the information just because I can read my handwriting. I can't read a lot of my customers' handwriting. So, um, uh, so yeah, so I'll take down uh, your name, your phone number. And if you have guests, I'm going to take their first names also. Um, just because, you know, three weeks down the line, you may not remember who you had lunch with, you know, uh, you know, Thursday at 12 but if i would I have, have no names, idea yeah, yeah if i have their names then i'm i'm gonna say marie hey you came in with troy you came in with david kayla you guys had lunch you all have been exposed you know so yeah and none of this information gets you know sent anywhere unless there's an issue i keep it in my office locked up it's not being sold anywhere not texting people right um so it's you know it really just stops at me writing it down it's just 2 a.m you're like you up yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 <a random> customer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Sorry. I'm sorry, Sandy. You are a much more respectable woman than that joke called for. And I'm so sorry. <laughs> so, Sandy, tell us to have people avoid the third party apps. What's the best way for them to order for you online? Uh, simply give us a call. Um, we have two phone lines. We have lots of people ready to answer and take your, your order and just come pick up. Honestly, get some fresh air. So mm, exactly. Get outside, Dri drive around the car. Your car is going to be bad anyways, if you don't drive it, you know what I mean? Like you <laughs> got to drive it every once in a while. You may as well go get some dumplings with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Well, let's jump into two people, 50 bucks. Uh, Kayla, I want to put you on the spot again, just so Troy can destroy your pick again of your, your candy bar. <laughs> I am not going, no. <laughs> Don't scare the intern, you guys. <laughs> Kayla, do you have... She's she, she can handle me. Hmm. Hey. I have been, not on purpose, but um, I've been like twice in the past week. I've been to Mana, Mana Barbecue, Korean Barbecue. Oh, yeah. boy. Um, and I love that place. I love all you can eat cream barbecue and I will go whenever anyone suggests. <laughs> so that's where I've been. Fantastic. That's over in Sandy's neighborhood, you know, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yep. Get some all you can eat. Um, Korean barbecue is one of my favorite things to do too. I mean, I love just sitting around a campfire and like facing everybody and doing the whole, you know, immersive experience, but you know, you can't do that right now, obviously. Right. Some of them are doing outdoors and with the 20%, 25% indoor seating, they still are seating indoors. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Right on, right on. Hey, not, great pick. Yeah. You are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike your candy, candy preference. That was a great, great call. <laughs> Sandy, how about you? I've been on this really weird seafood Great. Like I'm a fanatic for seafood the past month. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the heat. I'm just wanting something fresh. Um, but I'm doing like submarine crab. I'm doing, I hate to sound generic, but blue water grill. I've been on an oyster kick. Like really, if we're going to boil it down, I am dying for oysters. Last week I found this uh, local seafood joint that sells wholesale uh, oysters. I shucked and ate 24 of them on my own in one nice. sitting. Like it's bad, <laughs> but yeah, seafood is, is where I'm going right now. <laughs> Delicious. Marie. So um, I have a non uh, ramen pick uh, for the week and it's also seafood. Um, Kiko's place, the uh, Marisco's truck over in mission Valley. Oh. If you go on Tuesday, you can get three fish tacos, uh, for five bucks it's a great deal and um, it's in a gas station parking lot but it's a good spot and it's all about that little extra cup of soup that you get too yeah, they're the still consomme. doing that that's yeah, the one the yep, they are. oh love it troy what are you having for ramen this week <laughs> uh we're not talking about ramen this week david it's not all about ramen and i i'm kind of offended <laughs> that you would actually think that i would go there okay so here's my pick for ramen this week I'm <laughs> <laughs> No, no. You know what I'm going to do actually is I'm going to go to, for a different one. And this is a local business guy who has invested a ton of the community has created, I mean, a killer, killer business environment where he's had punks working for him, musicians working for him, um, everything else. And he lets these like young musicians take a job with him and then go on the road and come back and have their job. Um, they just celebrated their 10 year anniversary. I believe with, it's been within the last year, but it kind of got buried because of COVID station tavern. 
station, a station over in South Park. Um, station is just good, good people. It's an outdoor space where you have things for the kids. They've got a great burger. They've got a great veggie burger, spicy veggie burger. You can get yourself a craft beer there. It is kind of a quintessential place in South Park. And Sam Chamas, who owns it, is just a really, really good human that has taken care of a lot of people who have lived in South Park. And he was part of Livewire for, I mean, he owns Livewire. I'm sorry. He was part of Turf Club for a while. He's done a lot of iconic spots and they celebrated 10 years in that neighborhood, giving hipster kids a place to play while their parents had some burgers and beers. And, you know, go get yourself a burger over there in South Park. I love that spot as well. And it is like the outdoor space. It's probably one of the better ones in town for sure. Yeah. Last week, I traveled all the way to Little Italy. I know that. I got that David, you've been, you've been globally exploring. I, I mean, <laughs> you're leaving I North Park, man. I, I, got, I went even farther. I went to Carmel by the Sea. You have a visa sea. for that? Wait, you went, you went <laughs> to where? I went to Carmel by the Sea. Oh, wow. That like, is. I, I really made trip. it up there. So the reason I did is because um, the Lost Abbey was doing a limited edition beer uh, based on the Padres called Slam Diego, which is a part of their Tiny Bubble series. Oh, poor and, Padres! But I mean, it's fantastic. Okay, yeah, yeah. But so it's 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 really great uh, great series that they do. It's basically these brew ales that they do with like Britannomyces. Um, Britannomyces gives it kind of this like sourness, and then it being a brew ale, it's actually made with um, champagne yeast instead of a typical beer yeast. But so Thanks, Bill beer. what's that? You are the Bill Nye of beer. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, but so they don't have food. But so next door, you, what you do is what it is. You go and you sit there outside on the outdoor patio. And then they, you buy a coupon for a slice of pizza at this little hole in the wall pizza place that I'd never heard of called East Coast Pizza. And I was really pretty surprised. I would put it right up there with like the likes of, you know, Luigi's or the Friendly, like one of those Ooh. places as far as like a quality East Coast slice of pizza. But so I enjoyed my slice of pizza, had a beer that was definitely way under 50 bucks. So then I figured I'd go spend another 50 bucks and just walk down to Seaside Market about two feet down and get myself some uh, Cardiff crack to take home and cook. You had a beer, pizza and Cardiff crack in one yeah. day. Oh my God, you are living well, man. You are, you are <laughs> quarantine, quarantining with style, my friend. And, and my figure is proving it. <laughs> <laughs> I like to go back to how good um, Kayla's pick was. Kayla, it was a remarkable pick. I, 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 I'm just trying to overcome my degradation of your candy pick, <laughs> all right? And I feel awful and you're a great person. I'm just wondering, how is it that Marie's going to find a way to link to Troy's pick of candy? Like, does anyone actually know what that's called? <laughs> is that what it is? Oh, no, it's not. But Charleston Chew is amazing because it's got that chocolate and the inside is a mallow and everything else. We used to eat that all the time. No, this was the one that looked like a strawberry. It actually had the like, strawberry wrapper and it's got the green, like it, you twist it and it's got the green tip, almost like a strawberry. It's the worst candy in the world, but the best at the same time. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. You can get it at Restaurant Depot. Yeah, you can. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can get it on the side of the road, you know. <laughs> so, Kayla, tell us, I mean, so, Sandy, tell us the best place for everyone to find uh, you guys on uh, social media. Social media, Facebook. Um, we have a Dumpling In page there as well as Instagram. It's Dumpling In underscore SD. Um, those are two social media platforms. Awesome. You can find me at David Eli Martin on Instagram and Troy on Instagram at Hey Troy Johnson. And you can email Marie at Marie T at sdmag.com. Once again, thank you for having us. I'm so happy to have met your 
fish named Fat Ass. It's a pleasure. Yeah. There it is. Oh, he is really. He's yeah. He's he's a, he's a biggie. Yep, yeah. Yeah. Yep, all right. The, and everybody. Yeah. Sandy, thank you so much for coming on. If you guys, if you don't know Sandy, you're going to obviously get to know her personality during this podcast. It's the same thing. Everything I time I've talked to her, she makes me laugh. She makes me. She's just straight up. And you got a good personality. And I'm glad that you guys are doing okay. It would break my damn heart if you weren't. So go get yourself some damn dumplings. <laughs> See wow, you guys next really, week. I was, I was really excited. Bye. Bye. I was too Bye, excited. Guys. Bye.